Hey, you guys, welcome. We have a very special guest because everybody's special on my podcast. You guys know this. I like bringing special people here that change the world in so many ways. What is your name, sir? It's Byron Morrison. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, Mr. Morrison, I'm so excited. Listen to you guys. If you guys are listening to this podcast, do me a favor. Take a seat and enjoy this, okay? Mr. Morrison, let's talk about, first of all, what do you do? So I'm an author. Uh, my new book, Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life is uh, coming out soon. And beyond writing, I'm also a mindset and performance coach. So I work with CEOs and business leaders and entrepreneurs at this point in 15 different countries to really help them take control of their lives and business so they can break through to the next level of success. Okay. So what made you, what made you start this because you know everybody has a reason why we have a turning point in our lives so what made you start this so the big turning point for me was after my dad's cancer um during his treatment he had most of his bowel surgically removed and he spent 25 days in icu most down life support and breathing through a tracheostomy and luckily he pulled through which is something i'm eternally grateful for but that was just a wake-up call that I needed to do something about my own life. At the time, I was overweight. I was stuck in a job that was killing me. I was burnt out and exhausted and just struggling to get through the day. I just had this glimpse of how short and fragile life really is. So I set out on this journey of transformation. I lost the weight. I got my confidence up. I got out of that job and really just turned my own life around. And in doing so, I saw so many other people who were struggling like I was, who knew they were capable of so much more, but they were also their own worst enemies. They get in their own way. They avoid the actions they needed to take. So I really set out from there to figure out, okay, how do I help other people take control of the life that they want? And that's what I've been doing for the last decade now. So let's talk about writing because being an author is hard, you know, and now it's everything. Okay. I gotta sit down and type my life away. It's not that easy. People understand how hard it is to be an author. So let's talk about you being an author and your first book. Let's talk about your very first book. How do you come about that one? You know, I so say you went through the whole seeing your dad in ICU and went through that traumatic. You changed your whole life completely. And when you wrote your first book, how difficult was it? Number one and number two, how fun was it when you first got your print? What was that? What was that feeling when you first got your book in your hands? Um, I'll start with the second question because honestly, it was just a feeling of relief. <laughs> because um, <laughs> truth be told, when I wrote that book, I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, at the time, I'd gone through this journey of transformation. Along with that, I'd learned everything I could about nutrition and fitness and changing behaviors. I got qualified in all of those different fields. And once I, I got my life on track and lost the weight, I saw so many other people who were struggling like I was, who wanted to get healthy. They wanted to turn their life around, but they didn't know where to begin. So I was like, do you know what? I've just got all of this knowledge and information. So I wanted to pass it on. I was like, I finally cracked the code after years of dieting and struggling and taking one step forwards and two steps back. I was just young and naive and I wanted to pass that on to other people. But like I said, I had no clue what I was doing. It's <laughs> so like, I, I was still working in the corporate world at that time. And I had this idea. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to write a book. So it essentially took me about 18 months from idea to finish to write it. And it was just a mammoth of a task. I was basically getting up at 4.30 every morning. I was writing, then going to the gym, going to work, coming home, and then writing more till 10 p.m. And that was basically my life for well over a year. So I'm glad I did it, but I definitely wouldn't do it that way again. And also, that book should have been three different books. I basically, because... I had so many different ideas. I was like, let me just try and fill everything into it. And it was just overkill. 
So it was a great learning experience as a first-time writer, but it's also taught me what not to do um, for future books. Yeah, writing, writing is hard. I know a lot of authors, and they all tell me, you know, it takes months. And like, oh, I'll put it together. And then some people are doing a lot of the e-publishing stuff. They're like, hey, they got it all typed up in Word. They try to put it in. It, I heard people that has having nightmares try to get the right sizes. And unless you're techie, it's hard to get that right, you know. So now let's talk about you did your book. You're excited. Okay, now how do you get into the, okay, I got my book ready, and you started coaching, because, you know, you're an author, now you started coaching. So, how do you get into that one? How do you start coaching? They'll say, okay, I'm good, I want to share my knowledge with the world. How do you get to the coaching part now? Yep, that was very much hand in hand what the plan was from the get-go. Uh, I wanted to get the first book out, then I wanted to start coaching and helping people on a one-to-one -one basis, and where I started building the business. And that ultimately was the big turning point for me, because Truth be told, while I was an excellent coach and really good at what I did, I was completely unprepared for what it took to build a business. Um, I didn't know how to manage a team. I didn't know how to keep uh, stakeholders happy. I didn't know how to deal with difficult conversations or any of that. And I just became stretched thin and overwhelmed. I was working ridiculous hours. I didn't know what to focus on. And I just reached a point where I was burnt out to the point uh, where I was like, Do you know what, if I don't figure out how to fix this, I'm going to have to throw in the towel. Because even though we were scaling and things were growing, I just didn't see how I was going to survive it. So that was when I really shifted my own mentality and started learning about psychology, mindset, high performance, managing people, changing behaviors, managed to get my own business on track. And I saw a lot of the clients I was working with, they were entrepreneurs and business owners, and they were going through exactly the same changes. So naturally, these topics start coming up in our sessions where we start diverting our focus from their health and their lifestyle changes to issues they were having in the business that were causing those problems. And I figured out that was actually my superpower. And it was also what I loved to do. So that was why I actually closed down my other business. And I shifted my focus to working with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business leaders, really focusing on their mindset and performance and getting them up to a level where they could break through to the next level so it's all been an evolution none of it was planned but it's been this journey that i've just gone through in my own transformation that's got me to where i am today you know uh, working with ceos trust me i've been there done that and it's crazy you know because everybody's all the ceos that was busy they're always on the phone hey i'm always on the phones and i was busy you know trust me i know uh but they get on the phones a lot and they're always i'm always on the go 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 how did you get a ceo to hey sit down and let's talk how do you how do you break that habit because that's one of the biggest habits that you know they're always on the phone always busy you know how do you break that habit uh, as a coach we create an environment to do it so when people come to work with me they're aware of the commitment that it's going to be 60 to 90 minutes a week and the boundary and expectation that we set is during that time they have to close their email they have to turn off their phone and we need to focus in the moment on challenges because the people who come to me, they know that things aren't working properly. Like I'm not a business coach. I don't get involved in their company problems. Our focus is on them and how they're showing up and everything that they do. So the, the people who come to me, they're ready to do the work. They recognize that that time has to be the most important hour of their week because of the growth that they get out of it. So it's just about setting expectations up front. Because if we've all only got so many minutes in a day and we choose to do the things that are important to us. So for the CEOs who come to me, they know that that time it has to be non-negotiable because that's where they get things off their chest. They figure out how to handle problems and ultimately it has such a big impact on their growth. So the, you know, I completely, yeah, the time thing is such a challenge. It's not even imagine you know, being, being on the other side of it, trying to coach somebody. It's like, Hey, I'm always got to go. So, okay, shut off everything. And then you have, you know, 
somebody calling secretary calling or you have you know emails coming up and it's it's hard it's not hard so let's talk about getting into the whole aspect of how the industry is changing how the life has changed because after covid people have changed going all into electronics and doing zooms and you know ar space and all that so let's talk about when when you're coaching somebody and they're like okay i'm going to use zoom today you know and you, you're talking to them like this like where we're talking now you know face to face on a, on a computer what is the most difficult challenges you've seen trying to get them to actually communicate with you you know when they're not techie you know if you're having a coach that's not techie you know a ceo hell no zoom or all that like oh how to call in you need a password and the password you know how, how have you dealt with some of the ceos are not tech so non-tech ceos um, Honestly, it's just explaining to them how to sign in and get to work. Like the pandemic, truth be told, made my life in business so much easier because pre-pandemic, because everything I do is online. So I've been I, before that I was working with people and having to hold sessions of I tried to get people on Zoom, but no one knew what Zoom was. So we would then have to alternate between using Skype. We would have to use WhatsApp calls. We'd have to use Facebook Messenger calls. We'd have to use normal telephone calls. Like it was all over the place. And then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and everyone started using Zoom for meetings. I was like, finally, my life just became so easy because I'd been trying to get for years to get there as a go-to thing and people were just confused by it. So that was just a blessing in disguise. And after a while, I did have a, a couple of clients who struggled initially. But once they saw, oh, do you know what? You just download the app, sign in, and click the link. And it was just straightforward. So I was one of the people who benefited from that just because it streamlined my entire process, not having to run it on five different networks. Yeah, and it, it is it's interesting. You know, like I say, everybody has different technologies, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, trying to, I had some CEOs that I've worked with. They're like, Hey, I don't, I don't know this thing. How do I, you know, some of them I like, it's like, okay, click maximize your screen. What is maximize? That was always a, the, it was always helping, you know, yeah. try to teach them how to use somebody. Tech I, I, I'm very fortunate in that sense that the majority of CEOs I work with are younger generation. So their age ranges from late twenties to kind of mid forties. I do have some who are a little bit older, but generally the people I work with are first-time CEOs, they're new to that leadership position. So they get the tech side of it. But it's not, I have had a couple of people who've chat who've struggled, but it's been the minority rather than a bigger issue. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's challenging. So let's talk about why you should give up. That is an upcoming book, correct? Yeah. So the new book's called Maybe You Should Give Up, which at first glance sounds really negative because everything in the self-help and personal development world is pushing the message of don't quit, keep pushing, keep hustling and grinding. And that was a mindset that I was stuck in for years. And then it dawned on me that a lot of the time I was doing the wrong things. I was trying the same thing over and over again, hoping for different results. But because I was being bombarded with all of this message of you have to keep just trying, I just keep trying over and over. And that's why I was stuck. And then I started looking at some of the most successful people in the world and they give up all the time. They give up on strategies that aren't working. They give up on ideas that aren't going to get the results they want. They give up on caring what other people are going to think. And I figured out that giving up is actually the secret to success. And that was why with the book, I wanted to go with this negative subtitle that pulls you in because you're like, I don't want to give up. Like that sounds really wrong. But then actually the book is all about positivity. It's about giving up on everything that's stopping you from living the life that you want and really breaking the self-sabotaging patterns that we fall into that stop us from reaching our potential. 
wow I, I, I like i look i see your poster behind you that's like you know and i saw it on your on your page i love it it's pretty cool i love the way you have it set up you know it's good i like the way you put you in bold and give up it's like it's just amazing marketing technique i love it i i, I can't yeah. wait to figure it. when it comes out i'll be i'll, I'll be getting that book so let's yeah, talk about <laughs> yeah so let's talk about when, when now you're at this book now okay so how easy was to write this one this one was again very challenging so uh when i signed the publishing deal for it from idea to writing and development it took about 15 months and that was essentially 20 to 30 hours a week it was basically a job on top of building my business to do it so i knew going into it there was going to be a huge project but it was also something that i was prepared for because it was my fourth book so i knew what was in store but because of the the level that we were playing at with this, I really wanted to push and use it to launch the next step in my own business career. It was just a commitment that I had to make. Um, looking back, well, even at the time, truth be told, it was a terrible business decision to write this book because um, I'd written two CEO books. My CEO coaching business was really starting to take off. And I'm a huge advocate when I'm dealing with clients. They're saying that keep a singular focus. When something is working, double down and don't take something that's going to take you off course. And when I reached, got the publishing deal, I was like, this is the worst possible timing. Because I was like, this book is going in a different direction. It's going more to a mass market. And it's taking me away from what I know I should be doing. And this is where I really had to make a decision based on where I wanted to get to, not on where I was. Because I want to launch a speaking career. I want to reach millions of people around the world. I have a bigger vision of impact. So that was why I had to make a decision of, okay, I'm going to go against what would be best for business, which is doubling down on all my coaching and prioritize this. So I'm glad I did it, but I thought I'd just like sharing that because I think it's a a little bit counterproductive piece of advice, but it's, it's one thing I always say to people, like you have to make decisions based on the life you want to create, not just the reality you're in right now. And you offer cor courses on your site. Let's talk about the courses. You have courses on your site. Um, I'm looking at your site right now. You have tools and guidances, you know, on the goal learning, which is kind of cool. So let's talk about that. You know, you have Amplify, you have Unshakable, you know, and I like the fact, you know, so, and it's very, your website is so easy to navigate. I love it. So let's talk about your courses online. So like I say, you know, some people are on the go and hey, I can't, I can't meet with you. What do these courses entail? Like I said, you have it. It looks so descriptive. There's videos on there. You have cheats on there. You have guides. So let's talk about your online courses. Yeah, so I've got two different courses. The first is Amplify, which is a time, energy, and productivity management course for CEOs and business leaders. It's basically taking everything that I've learned about productivity and high performance over the last few years and broken it down into a step-by-step, easy-to-follow course that people can do in their own time. Unshakable is a mindset course, so it's all about how to be better with dealing with problems, how to stop reacting and get out of your own head, how to manage the stress and pressure that comes with running and growing a business. So it's really mastering the mental game needed to break through to the next level. And yeah, I'm really proud of the courses because basically taken everything that I've done with my private clients and broken it down. And for anyone listening to this right now, um, one thing I am actually also offering at the moment is for anyone who pre-orders uh, a few copies of my book, maybe you should give up. I'm giving free access to the courses. So you can find all of that on my website, byronmorrison.com. But as an example, um, Amplify normally sells for $297. For anyone who pre-orders two copies, I'm giving them free access. For anyone who gets three copies, they get Unshakable, which is normally $697. Or if you get four copies, you get both courses. So I was just doing that as a way to give back to my audience because I was like, you know what? 
it gives them access to the courses and it helps with the push for the book as well. Yeah, I love it. You know, like I said, your website is clean. It's it's well done. Um, you have a lot of success stories. You have, you know, you know, you're like a high performance coach. But people understand what I mean high performance. People think, okay, I'm just gonna have a coach come in. I'm gonna talk when, when high performance and you're driven to your clients, you push them to the limits where they have to be pushed, you know. That's the difference between a regular to high performance. So when you're working now, let's say let's get away from the CEOs. Let's say you have an entrepreneur, okay? Because you have a lot of entrepreneurs right now. A lot of people quit the jobs in COVID and they started a business and they have an entrepreneur. Yay! <laughs> so how can we give some tips to entrepreneurs? You know, as you say, hey, you know, say break your mindset, do this and do that. But somebody that just started right now, you know, it could be anybody, an entrepreneur. Okay, what is the best tip as a coach you want to give an entrepreneur on? how beside the breaking free and set your time away what else you recommend to them so i think a piece of advice that applies across the board is the biggest reason most people don't achieve their goals is they focus too much on what they want and they don't figure out who they need to become to turn it into a reality and that's why the starting point i'll give to anyone listening to this right now is you need to take a moment to sit down and really figure out okay with your vision and what you want to achieve what does the version of you who turned that into reality look like? Because every new level of success is going to require a new level of you. And that's why your current habits, behaviors, your routines, your way of doing things aren't going to get you to that next level. And if anything, they're the very reason why you're stuck and not getting the success that you want. And that's why you need to figure out, okay, that version of you who's built that business, who's creating that impact, who's achieved that success, what have they done that you're not doing that's got them to where they are? Because when you get that clarity, you can reverse engineer the journey. You can figure out the exact habits, behaviors, beliefs, routines, non-negotiables you need to take on. They're going to help you evolve into that next level version of yourself. And then when you're facing days where you don't feel motivated, when you feel knocked down, where you don't want to get out of bed, relying on willpower and discipline aren't going to get you results. What you need to do in that moment is really future pace yourself and figure out what would the version of you who's created the life that you've want do right now? Would they mope around? Would they make excuses? Would they put it off? Or would they pick themselves back up and carry on? Because when you start showing up as the version of you who's turned that vision into reality, that's when the entire game changes. Yeah. Have you ever had a client where they come to me and says, oh, my family is telling me not to do this. You know, we get this a lot. You know, do you have a somebody that designed, let's say, they're designing a sticky pads or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, I have a good idea, you know? And then they come to you, hey, I need some coaching because, you know, I have my business going, but my family's telling me that I'm failing, you know? Um, like you said, you have to make sure that your drive is there, your passion is there, but you have somebody that has a family or have people behind them shutting their light off. How can you help that person turn the light back on? Yep. It really comes down to knowing what you want, but then also scanning the landscape and knowing sure that it's actually a viable idea. Because the harsh reality is most businesses fail and most ideas just don't work. And this is why you've really got to figure out, okay, do you truly believe in this? Is this going to create the life that you want with it? And how do you then go all in on it? Because a lot of the time people keep pushing ideas that simply aren't going to get them the success that they want. So you've got to know when to pivot and change direction. But you've also got to know when to filter out the people around you who just don't understand what you're doing. Like when I first started my business and I told some of my friends about it, I remember one of my friends was like, that's never going to work. No one's going to pay for that. And if I had taken that at face value and just bought into it, I, we wouldn't be talking today. So that you've got to be able to balance that tunnel vision 
of okay this is what i want i believe in this and i can make it happen with the right actions to turn it into a reality but then also knowing when to pivot because things aren't working going back to my first business i told you about that was something i had this big idea in my head and i just realized as i got into it that my superpower was down a different path so i gave myself permission but all of that was based on what i wanted none of it was guided by the opinion of other people and that's why the big thing for me is can you go to bed at night knowing that you've been true to yourself and you're living a life on your terms because that's ultimately for me what success is yes earning money creating impact and all of those things are great but at the end of the day are you happy that's all that actually matters but it's a really tough one because when it's someone who's got a family with young kids they've also got other commitments and priorities so they have to find that balance between how do you support them and keep food on the table while pushing this business idea and that in those situations sometimes means you have to slow down you have to be a little bit more patient you need to find a way to cover your costs while you build this so you're not putting that pressure on yourself it doesn't have to be one way or the other yeah it's not easy man building something off the ground up you know so what is the hardest part of your business because i i ask this to everybody that's into coaching and mentoring everybody has a different answer you know, and a lot of people tell me, oh, I don't like seeing my, you know, seeing a client give up, you know, you know, I, I'm pushing them, you know, what is the hardest part being a mentor or coach beside seeing a person not follow through? So I'm fairly lucky in the sense that because I work with people at such a high level, the clients who I come and work with me, they are committed to following through. So we don't really have many conversations about them not doing what they need to do just because like they're there to show up and get results it's like an elite athlete like the people i work with are at the top of their game like they're there to actually like get the results that they want so for me the hardest part of it is actually trying to disconnect myself from some of the challenges they're going through it's a lot in many ways like therapy whereas if you think of a therapist that all day someone's just dumping problems on them like my coaching business in a sense is in many ways the same thing because I'm working with CEOs and business leaders it, who, as I'm sure you know from growing businesses, it's incredibly lonely. Like where it can at times feel like there's a weight of the world on your shoulders. And I've lost count of how many times I've had people book application calls with me and just break down. I mean, I come into so much stress. This is falling apart. I, I'm going through all of this and they've never told anyone because they bottle it up and internalize it because they feel like they have to keep a facade because they don't want the outside world to see that their internal state doesn't match their external success. So I've had calls with clients where they've got on and they're like, I'm sorry, but this is just going to be like a therapy session today. I just need to unload. So for me, it's yes, I need to be there for to support and help them through it. But I also have had to really find ways to detach from that. Because before, when I first started, I would then take that energy with me. I would take the weight of their problems on myself. And that just wasn't good for my mental health. So I'd say that that's still probably the hardest part of it. It's like knowing, okay, how do you go all in and support this person, but then also not weigh down your life and what is going on? Yeah, and, it, and it's hard. You know, when you're talk, talking to people and teaching somebody, even just training them or coaching them, you know, you will understand what they're going through. You don't like say I had um I did another podcast with a gentleman. He said that most people, their business, and you know, at corporate levels or business owners, don't talk to their loved ones if they're, they're struggling and having problems because their ego gets in the way, or they're having you know they they are always afraid of feeling like a failure. You know, it's it's so, not just that; it's also because they don't understand. Right. So people don't, 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 yeah, you know, yeah, like if if 
when you're running a business, your family, your friends, the people around you, they don't understand the challenges you're going through. They don't understand what the vision you're trying to create. They don't understand the problems that you're dealing with. So even though their intentions might be in the best place, they don't have the best advice to help you. Like they can listen, but they don't get it. And this is why I find a lot of people that I speak to, they just bottle it up because it's easy just not to share it. They're like, no one understands me anyway. And this is why I'm such a big advocate that you have to surround yourself with the right people. You need to build a circle of other people who are going through the same challenges and get it. Because if you don't, you're just going to feel isolated. And that's just a further weight and pressure. And so many people feel like they're alone in this. And then I've heard all of these problems so many times from people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I had another client who was dealing with exactly this. This is how we fixed it. And they, they're amazed that someone else is struggling like they are. And it's just kind of very like eye-opening. And that's why in my content, I've always tr- aimed to be so transparent with my own challenges of growing a business, just to try and spread that message of, do you know what? You're not alone dealing and feeling this way. Right. And it, it is, it, people need to know this. You know, every every industry is, is struggling. Every industry is having problems, not just because of recession, but prior to that. You know, like you said, us business owners always, hey, we keep it ourselves because people don't understand. You know, especially when you're in the tech industry or you're working with, you know, a, a product sh- production stuff. People understand this, you know. So here's here's another thing. In five years from now, what do you see yourself in five years with, you know, you, I know you could probably have 100 more books. Hopefully you have more books out there for us <laughs> and, more, and more courses. But what do you see, you know, this is like from business to business, five years from now, where you want to be at with what you're doing? So the next step for me is I want to launch the speaking side of my career. So one thing I love doing is, being in front of a live audience, whether it's running workshops or seminars or doing live events. And this is something that I was aiming to get into a few years ago. And we were starting to book events and all of that was launching. And then the pandemic hit and everything got derailed. So basically that all got put on hold. I focused on the coaching business and I wrote the new book. And this new book, it's very much going to be used as the catalyst to launch that side of the business. And then my aim is to grow and scale the business. And I've got a few more program ideas I want to launch. I'll then take on a team of coaches to deliver that for me. And then I can focus on the speaking and also working with the top level clients. So it's going to be an exciting path. I've got a good idea of where I want to go, but also I know how much life can change. And that's why I'm a big advocate of, yes, have a big goal and vision, but also focus on 90 days at a time. Because it's going back to where the pandemic hit. I couldn't have predicted anything and how things could have changed. So this is where a lot of people get stuck in their own head because they focus too much on the future and that just derails them so that's why i always balance that with okay what do i need to do where am i going and take it one step at a time because otherwise you don't have fun with it and it's just too frustrating and overwhelming but you're you're located in the u uh, overseas right yeah the uk Yes. Um, and Tuesday, when you do speaking, you want to do stuff in the US also, or just you want to do a global speaking globally, or just speaking just in the UK? Uh, probably mainly US, because um, the majority of clients I work with are in the States. Uh, that's huge on the self development and personal growth seminars. So it's probably going to be more on that side of the world, which is exciting. Like I love being in America, and it's that it's very much somewhere where I want to spend more time. Yeah, it's, it's it's a culture shock sometimes, you know, depends where you go in the US. <laughs> Have you been to the US before? Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the States. Um, San Diego is probably one of my favorite places in the world. But I was really fortunate a few years ago, I did a road trip from LA to New York. 
so wow. I've basically seen so many different places and met so many different people and just been exposed to a huge amount of America, which is something I was very fortunate to do, but it's given me a good insight into how everything runs over there. Yeah, how's how's the biggest shock when you came over here? Like, it was a food shock or culture shock? You know, what was the biggest shock for you that you said, like, okay, hold on, this is so different. The reason I ask is because here's an interview, when you're when you're at the level you're at, you're talking to people and all that. It's good to know how you know when you travel how to how you feel about it because it's not to put anything down, but people understand that if I go now to the UK, I'm gonna be shocked with some things you guys do that I'm not used to. So, what is the was the biggest shock for you when you came over? Honestly, there wasn't anything that was that huge of a shock, just because we, like like people in the States, we grew up watching American TV and films, and that culture is such a great part. It's not like going to China or Japan or something where it's a completely different way of life. Like the UK and America, in many ways, while there are differences, are also similar, like same language, like eat a lot of the same food. So it wasn't that big of a culture shock, which... So it made it easier to integrate and get on with people as well. Well, that that's good. That's good. That's good. At least we didn't scare that much. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know, I had people like, "Hey, you guys, you know, you different from us." So, um, okay. So, how can we follow you? Give us your website because here's the good things. Please spell it out because I when I put Byron on there, I, you know, I speak fast. So, how do you spell your website out? And then how can we follow you also? And also, how can we buy your books? So. You can go to my website, Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, Morrison, M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N.com. And uh, I'm also active on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. Just search for Byron Morrison. And you can also find my books anywhere you can buy books. Um, my new book, Maybe You Should Give Up, is available for pre-order anywhere. And like I said, if anyone does go and order a copy, send me an email at byron at byronmorrison.com and I'll send you a few extra bonuses as a, as a thank you. All right, cool. All right, Mr. Morrison, it's great to have you on here. Any other tips you want to get to anybody or any other um, words you want to encouraging words you want to give to our, our listeners? Yeah, one thing I'd always love to share as a message is I speak to so many people who have big goals and ambitions, yet they're not taking action on them. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned after my dad's cancer is that the harsh reality is far too many people are going to wake up at 65. They're going to look back on the life that they could have lived and the chances they didn't take, and they're going to be thinking, what if? And that's why for me, what hurts far more than failure, than rejection, than not getting it right, is regret. And this is why you have to start tipping the scale in the other direction, because I know that your goals and dreams are scary. I know that you're worried that things aren't going to work out. But at the end of the day, it's better to go for it and know than it is to spend your life living in the shadows, wondering what could have been. And when you start actually focusing on, okay, what do you need to do to get there? And then fully embracing the journey, that's how you can create a life on your terms. Yeah. Well, Mr. Morrison, thank you so much for that advice. And thank you for being on our podcast. And you guys, you heard it. Please go to byronmorrison.com. Check out his books. Check out his, his courses. I am looking forward to jumping on your one of your courses and see what you guys have on there. So it's, it's been an honor having you here. And we can't wait to follow up with you in a couple months. Amazing. Thank you for having me on today. You're welcome.